Saturday Night Hive. I'm Candice and I'm here with my friend Hiba. Hello Hiba. Hi Candice. So today we are talking about the season finale of SNL. There's a lot to get to. Interesting guest, interesting musical guest, really sad goodbyes. But let's start with the Natasha Leona of it all. So first off, cold open. There's a lot going on here because one, good on Natasha for being in it. Uh, we have been giving a lot of credit to hosts who get involved in the cold open, but on top of that, this cold open was very special because it was Kate McKinnon's goodbye sketch of sorts. It was also one of her, I think, most memorable sketches in her history in SNL, um, where she plays this like person who gets abducted. Ryan Gosling, Cecily Strong have been really big parts of that too, but this cold open also involved Edie who was also leaving but her goodbye comes later so let's start here Heba what do you think of the cold open yeah um I thought it was the perfect final alien abduction sketch um Kate is really the star of that sketch even though like you said 80s usually always in it as well as Cecily um and so it makes sense that she would choose this to be her goodbye moment I mean all of it was hilarious but at the end it's basically like um, one of them has to get traded permanently to the aliens and she's like, oh, of course it's me. And so it's showing her like getting on a spaceship or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like she had this very intimate moment with the audience where like it was like dim lighting and she says, like she's saying goodbye to Earth, but she's really saying goodbye to us. And she mm-hmm. says, I love you. Thanks for letting me stay a while in live from New York. It's Saturday night, um, which mm-hmm. I think she has said that by herself a lot of times, right? Because she's been the star of, like, many a cold open. Um, but it really kind of, like, set the finale episode apart for me because it reminded me from the beginning that, like, some of the really important cast members are leaving. Um, so, yeah, I felt like it, it had, like, the the right hint of nostalgia and it, like, set the tone for the episode Um, from the get-go and yeah I do also like you said uh, give Natasha Leone points for being in it because um, she had to go straight into her monologue after that and so um, points for Mm -hmm. that yeah it's interesting because I think you're right Kate saying goodbye at the top of the show I think that was a good idea because I think Mm -hmm. it set the episode up to be a goodbye to some cast members instead of like the Natasha Leone show. Yeah. And I think that's why they chose her to host because Natasha is very good friends with the people who are leaving. Natasha is also very good friends with Maya yeah. Rudolph, uh, which uh, we found out during this monologue. Yeah. And um, I mean, I feel like 80 was going to cry from the opening. Kate obviously mm-hmm. was kind of tearing up when she said goodbye as mm-hmm. one does. And so, It was a very good emotional ride to begin with. And in terms of the monologue, it's just kind of interesting. I'm not a Natasha Leone fan. I don't hate her. I don't know her. But I do also feel like she's kind of our generation's Jerry Seinfeld in a way. Like, she has this, like, very New York, very specific in the way she speaks I think like Jerry Seinfeld is someone who like his voice is so recognizable but it's not his voice it's it's his cadence I will say extremely shocked 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 that Fred Arbison made a cameo because I knew they were broken up and so for Natasha to bring her ex-boyfriend onto the stage and they brought it up in the cold open 
She is more mature than I will ever be. But did you have any thoughts on her monologue? Okay, yeah. My major takeaway from the monologue was that she dated Fred Armisen, Mm -hmm. which I feel like is something I was supposed to know and then didn't know. But she was like, yeah, me and Freddie dated for seven years. And like, I was like, okay, first of all, who calls him Freddie? I've never said anything (laughs) besides his full name. But like, obviously, if you're dating him, you're not going to say Fred Armisen every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like I didn't know too much about Natasha Leone. I think your comparison to Jerry Seinfeld made a lot of sense because it's like this famous person that's like around but that I don't really care to like know too much more about in that way I did appreciate her kind of like doing a mini life biography mm. I learned a lot about her in that like I I recognized her from Russian Doll even though I haven't seen it and I recognized her from Orange is the New Black even though I only saw a few episodes of that but I didn't really know that she was like a like tried and true New Yorker and like I didn't know like mm-hmm. all this other stuff about her being a child actress and so um I felt like the producers or whoever helped her like come up with the monologue was like hey like we need to give people some background on you and like also a thing that they do a lot of times for like the special episodes like the finale episode is that they bring back alum and so i feel like they had to mention like oh how she was connected to those alum um to be able to bring them back i do really like your point about it not being the natasha leone show because i think mm-hmm. it's important for the host of the finale especially when like big people are leaving for them to be able to give space for those people and i think there are some hosts that would have like taken up too much of the space themselves and like she felt very like part of the community and like you said she's friends with a lot of these people so it felt kind of like natural for her to host even though like I didn't know anything really about her but she felt like she was at home exactly and you need someone who this is like a very specific episode to the point where I didn't think of it was an episode I thought of it more as a showcase where like yeah you need someone to kind of just like moderate the situation but they need to be able to knock their ego and just take a step back and be like let's let these people shine yeah which is funny because i have to admit i felt like all of these sketches were very edgy which is not surprising for natasha leon i think she does a lot of subversive comedy especially on russian doll Mm -hmm. a lot of risky jokes but i actually want to bring up a sketch that i actually found extremely offensive it was the vote sketch and please correct me if i'm wrong hibba it was about people who were self-proclaimed stupid who were also promoting voting was this part of like a midterm campaign situation okay so to be honest i really didn't understand the point of that sketch i did enjoy it because i thought it was about like i thought it was going to be like one of those fake um sketches where they're doing a promotion for like a drug that nobody's ever heard of like you know mm. that's not real mm. like you know when they did the one of like everybody was running for president and they were like you should take this drug and it'll make you less delusional or like something like that mm-hmm. um but then it just turned very political very quickly like i feel like the point they were trying to make was that like democracy is only as good as like the intellect of the people who are voting or like something i don't know there was some kind of point about like even though we need all these like political reforms, we're not getting them because the people that are voting like aren't informed. I don't know. There's something there and it was like not quite completely executed. I think also it was missing 
a button issue, right? Like, I think the best political sketches that they do, they're very clear what they're trying to comment on, like the abortion um, cold open that we talked about a few weeks ago, and then, you know, a lot of, like, political sketches. But this one, it was kind of like, what specific thing are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. I wasn't really clear on that. Yeah, I think you are being very optimistic because I do agree that I could feel like this sketch was trying to say something. It was trying to get somewhere. But there's a lot of issues here. One of them being that it was too vague, which I think you're right. I believe, you know, in California, for example, there was a primary going on, but it was a primary that had extremely low voter turnout, especially in the 18 to 34 age group. So to write a sketch about a run-up to a primary that a lot of people are actually unaware of is a little bit misguided and it's a little bit untimely. Also, let's compare this to the Benedict Cumberbatch Roe v. Wade sketch. That was so sharp. That was so poignant. That was so timely. This, on the other hand, it wasn't really going after anything. But for me personally, I remember when I first watched this sketch, What kind of pinged me was that I did not like them conflating the word stupid with like mental illness and learning disabilities. There was something that I really just did not like about that. And I found it quite offensive and ableist. But I will say, I think they could have used a better word than stupid. I feel like it would have been funnier if like all of the people they interviewed were revealed to be like famous politicians or CEOs or like celebrities, because like that's punching up. But when you're like punching down at, let's say, a voter class or a specific type of voter, I don't think that's doing the thing they want it to do, nor is it making a good point. It's making a point, but not a good point. Yeah, I think there's a quote, I forget who it's by right now, but it's by like some political philosopher. And the quote is like, the biggest argument against democracy is a five minute conversation with the average voter. They're basically trying to make the same point that the sketch was that, like, the average voter isn't that well informed and all of that kind of stuff. And I think you're right. There is a point to be made, but they did do a lot of punching down. And I was also, like you said, a little bit struck by, like, the ableist language they were using. Mm -hmm. It felt very, like, SNL, like, 2008, like, when you rewatch some of those sketches and you're like, oh, this is cringe, but, like, this was before, like, well, culture, this was before, like, people were really into using politically correct terms, but, like, yeah, I don't know, like, in 2022, it just doesn't sit the same. Exactly, and I think you're hitting on a reason why I don't think the sketches were good this episode, and it's because so many of the sketches were kind of about going back in time. Yeah. They were kind of about, you know, the baseball sketch was in black and white. Yeah. Natasha Leone, the reason why she's a popular comedian is because old guys love how she reminds them of old New York. Mm. To be fair, did she do a lot for like female comedians and pushing the female showrunner when Russian Doll came out? Absolutely. However, I do think that a lot of these sketches and frankly, some of her comedies is extremely 2008. Like think about Orange is the New Black. I don't think that's a show that would be as critically applauded today if it came out. I think like at the time when it came out, Netflix was just coming out with House of Cards. They were just coming out with Orange is the New Black. But now we've come so far and I don't think her comedy has caught up, frankly. That's how I feel about 
the sketches in general. I think you made such a good point about all the sketches feeling not very timely because they were set in the past. Like, I feel like they try to go for this, like, nostalgia vibe sometimes, but it doesn't quite hit the way they wanted it to. Like, the old-timey newscaster sketch, I felt like, went on way too long. And then, like, the high school sketch also like Mm. it just felt like a little bit more jarring than it needed to um but yeah i think you're right like that is natasha leone's brand of comedy and like um as much as she's done like for the movement and everything like i think the moment has passed a little bit Mm -hmm. like i feel like whenever a host has to give their entire biography in their monologue it tells you that like they're trying to explain why they're there and I feel like that's not a great sign like if you're hosting I should immediately be like oh this person's hosting because of this cool thing that they did and like that wasn't really the case for her but also like it wasn't entirely her fault like they picked her to host right and Mm -hmm. like we said she's close with the cast and all that kind of stuff so yeah I didn't greatly enjoy the sketches I think the highlight of this episode for me was really like the moments that each of the departing um, cast members got to say goodbye. And a lot of those moments happened in Weekend Update. Yeah. And so we should go straight to Weekend Update because I think there's a lot to talk about here. I think I actually want to start off with something a little interesting, which is Alex Moffat. So he started off the first round of, let's say, Weekend Update appearances with Guy Who Bought a Boat. A character I despise. Like, I Mm -hmm. genuinely despise and hate to the point where I'm like, it's just so annoying. And I found that kind of interesting because I was like, number one, your desk piece is going on for so long. Yeah. Are you making an unannounced quiet exit that wasn't promoted or it wasn't talked about? Because last season, when Beck Bennett ended up leaving... I did get a sense during goodbyes that, like, he was a little bit sad and emotional. I was like, oh, that's interesting. We should look out for Beck. And I actually wonder if Alex is doing the same thing, which, if I'm being honest, I wouldn't be surprised. I think he, like, will probably get a supporting role on an NBC sitcom sometime soon. But I hate his character. I'm sure there's someone out there who likes it. So good for him. But I guess we really want to talk about trend forecasters. What did you think of that? Yeah, I will say first, I did think that it was really strange that he was he went up first and that he went on for so long, especially because there were two other desk pieces like Weekend Update was like Mm. so long this time. So if he's not leaving, I feel like that was just not a smart decision on the use of time by the producers. I loved the final edition of Trend Forecasters. Um, My favorite thing was they started off and they were like, we had a meeting with the sun. Mm. (laughs) They always just say these like hilarious, ridiculous things. Um, Of course, it was 80s goodbye. Like she Mm -hmm. mentioned how she had 10 nice years and um, Bowen was like, like your friend, I couldn't have done it without. And then Michael Che and Bowen gave her flowers and like little kisses on the cheek, which I thought was Mm -hmm. very sweet, very cute moment. So yeah, I felt like there were so many ways in which AD could have said goodbye because she has been there for a long time and there's a lot of characters that she plays. But this one felt very like collaborative and communal um, and really touching. I'm with you. I was actually quite surprised that she chose this to be her last SNL 
goodbye. To be fair, she appeared in a sketch, like, after this. It's just, like, this yeah. is definitely her goodbye piece. Moment. And I was shocked because I was like, man, she has had so many other, like, good, iconic characters, especially from her early years at SNL. Yeah. But I actually think it makes sense now that I think about it. Number one doing it with Bowen, someone that she's kind of mentored and really feels like is taking up the mantle and the hole that Aidy will leave behind. That's very symbolic and it is nice to do stuff with your friends, but also like when I think about Kate McKinnon's goodbye, she did it by herself. Spotlight on her. She said live from New York it's Saturday night. Like she's okay with being the center of attention. I think Aidy wanted to kind of handhold, not in a bad way, but she wanted to have her friends by her side, which I think is very sweet. And that is what their relationship is, Adie and Bowen. Yeah. It's very sweet. And I am sad, though, because it took me a while to start liking the trend forecasters. And now I really like them. But now I'll, like, never see them again, which is fine, (laughs) which is fine. I think someone else could maybe pick it back up with Bowen. I don't know. I wouldn't rule it out forever. Yeah. No, you're right. And now, maybe, possibly, the saddest one, Pete Davidson. Man, Hiva, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I had a lot of mixed feelings on it. Okay, so before I actually watched the whole episode, um, I didn't watch it live, so I had seen clips of Pete Davidson's, like, dusk piece, and then I was like, okay, I should just, like, watch this by itself. So I watched it, and the first time I watched it, I was like, my god this is so perfect like this is how he became famous like he made a name for himself doing desk pieces of course his goodbye is like his final desk piece i had to like really ignore the terrible mustache that he has Mm. going on it was just like such a choice and Mm -hmm. that's saying a lot because he's made a lot of questionable fashion choices i thought his joke about lauren giving him a sock Mm -hmm. and like freeing him was like very funny and his whole thing about like literally as if anyone can be on SNL was really funny too but then I watched it in the actual episode itself and like I don't know if it was just like my patience was kind of running out because Weekend Update was so long and I also hate the guy who just bought a vote Mm -hmm. or like whatever it was but I felt like it was kind of like a rushed goodbye like at the end of it he's not super emotional it feels like he is saying goodbye at a time when he's already like super over it like where Mm -hmm. like like kate's goodbye and like 80s goodbye they had a genuine moment of like presence with the audience where they were like tearing up and they were like okay this is a big significant thing like goodbye you know you could feel the emotion but i feel like pete was just kind of like peace like i'm out and like that didn't sit super well with me but like I don't know, like, he has a lot of stuff going on, so I don't really know what to make of it, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong, Hibba, because I, too, found his piece to actually be really flat. I think that's what I would describe it as. It's tough because I've never expected or thought or wanted Pete to like sob on television I wasn't expecting that I wasn't expecting him to like he has kind of cried before right on Weekend Update or he like choked up yeah maybe but I think what's really weird and like funny about all of this is that last season when he gave a Weekend Update piece that a lot of people thought was going to be his last season because he said it's been really nice growing up in front of you 
that was an amazing performance. It was emotional. And I was like, this is the perfect ending. And then we find out he's coming back and it's like, LOL. And that's why I feel like this one was a little phoned in. But I think it's also because this was revealed in an episode of the Kardashians. But um, Pete doesn't attend after parties. Pete literally will do his sketches and he will immediately go home even before goodbyes. I think a few SNL fans have noticed that Pete and Michael Che especially are like never in the goodbyes at the end of the credits. I think he's been checked out of the show for a while. Now, to be fair, some of it is that he has been off filming other projects. You know, he's very in demand, allegedly. But the other half of it is that I don't know exactly what he's going to miss more. SNL and the process? Or Lorne, who I really think is like one of the only people who really advocates for him no matter what, which is a very interesting, odd relationship. It's just interesting that AD and Bowen, you know, they're such a pair. It's pretty public that they love each other. Bowen and Ego, it's pretty obvious they love each other. Everyone loves Kate McKinnon. I never got the sense that Pete was really buddy buddy with like anyone on staff now to be fair I think Colin honestly was more emotional during Pete's goodbye like I literally thought Colin was gonna cry yeah which is good we all we all cry about the guy we bought a ferry with yeah but I think that was an indication to me that it was a little too late and that Pete should have left last season yeah I agree with you I I'm remembering that um monologue from last season now and i think you're right like we were like wait is he leaving and then this time it was just like he was checked out already so it felt a little less meaningful and to be fair i am being a little rude because if he had left last season he would not have kissed kim kardashian so i need to be very careful with my words (laughs) uh the last person to talk about is kyle mooney who has also announced that he was leaving i will be fair i was not surprised by this at all in fact i was more surprised that he didn't leave when beck bennett did yeah but how do we feel about kyle mooney not getting a goodbye sketch honestly i felt it was so rude i thought it was like the same thing of like when he got married and like wouldn't tell us who his wife was yeah like it just felt very like a-list celebrity behavior for like a b-list celebrity like i don't that's high Hiba, that you're calling him a b-list celebrity. celebrity i would say he is i would say he is a b-list comedian d-list celebrity Dang. but continue i was trying to not be rude but like i don't know i like i like kyle mooney obviously but um i think his spot has been kind of filled i think you're right like he had a, a good run and um some of the people that he worked with the most beck bennett left you know so obviously, like, he wouldn't last that much longer. I think the Please Don't Destroy guys actually really fill Kyle Mooney's niche very well. And mm. they even surpassed him, meaning that their sketches have been promoted from getting cut for time to actually um, airing on the show. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I feel like that kind of brand of, like, self-depreciating, like, awkward white guy humor um is continuing like on without him yeah i think he did his time like i'm fine with him leaving like obviously was a fan of him but i just feel like it's rude that he didn't do a goodbye sketch um maybe he didn't like maybe it was a weird week i don't know but there are so many characters that he could have reprised like i feel like there it was a missed opportunity for sure i agree 
I do think the saddest thing is that it means that his last weekend update piece ever was Baby Yoda, who we yeah, all hate. Not my fave. <laughs> However, and some people are saying that the last sketch of the night was somewhat Kyle's goodbye, but he was really like a supporting character, not more. Yeah. I do think you make a really good point, though, about Please Don't Destroy, because Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett came into SNL as a bit of a duo. They went to USC together, and I think they were kind of viewed as like maybe the successor to Lonely Island. Mm. That clearly did not really happen. And Please Don't Destroy has really filled that hole. Even though they are consistently cut for time, I don't think it's wrong to say that some of their stuff is good. Yeah. However, I also wonder if maybe the absence of Beck, the absence of Kyle, the absence of Pete, like, I wonder if it's because I see a lot of potential in Aristotle Atari, who really sadly has not gotten a lot of great moments this season, except for Angelo. Yeah. But... I think on the other side of it, like when I think about the three featured players that we have on deck, it's Aristotle, it's James Austin Johnson, it's Sarah Squirm. Now, Sarah Squirm and Andrew Dismukes, I would argue, are kind of up to be the next Kyle Mooney Beck Bennett. They are both very like weird and quirky, but I think Andrew does a really good job of kind of reminding us of like the Mulaney yeah. type of writing that happened a few years ago. So I think he's a lock. I think Sarah Scrum to me has always been on the bubble. Do you think she's coming back next season? Yeah, I think so. I feel like she just started to hit her stride and like people know who she is. So yeah, I think it would make sense for her to come back. Yeah. And I think James Austin Johnson is a huge lock because he's Biden. So he is locked, especially through the next election. And so that's good. Job consistency is great. The person who is sadly now on the bubble is Aristotle. And so I ask you, sadly, do you think he's coming back next season? Okay, so I was so excited for Aristotle to be on SNL. And he has gotten like five minutes of airtime, like every fourth episode. And yeah, I don't know. I'm really upset about it. I think I don't know like why that is. Like sometimes featured players don't get that much airtime, but like compared to like Sarah, it's just like weird. Like I don't think he's not as good of a comedian. I feel like it was like an accumulation of a bunch of decisions on like the writer's side and all of that kind of stuff. I would like to see him kind of stick it out. Like I think there are some people who came to SNL and like didn't get a ton of airtime their first season and then really like built it up for themselves, you know, and were able to, you know, fill voids as folks were leaving. Like we've got four big personalities leaving. We need other featured players and other cast members to be able to step up. And so maybe um, if he stays, he'll find an opportunity in that gap. But I wouldn't like fault him for leaving because I really feel like he was underutilized, especially with the Angelo um, sketches being like a big success and being like a recurring Mm -hmm. thing. So like, yeah, I'm not sure why that happened. I'm with you. And it's really tough because there are obviously a lot of great, wonderful writers, celebrities, comedians who either get rejected from SNL or they're on SNL for a very short amount of time and they become big. A great example is Jenny Slate, who was fired after one season and like everyone knows who she is. Yeah. And Aristotle, 
You're so right. Angelo is a good sketch and Angelo is a good character. The reason we know this is because they've done it three times. There have been three hosts who have bought in and been like, I really want to do Angelo, even though they've been cut for time. I would be sad if Aristotle is not coming back, but I wouldn't be super sad about it because I think he has the potential to be really good on a show, almost like Key and Peele in a way, where like... Mm -hmm maybe the live format isn't conducive to his humor but he is funny and he has characters so maybe like a pre-taped sketch show on comedy central or even like hbo max could really be the thing that hones him in the difficult thing about snl is that you have four people leaving at least they are people who have carved their own niche and so if you don't fill the hole they left you're not exactly as valuable as you should be or you're not as valuable as you could be, which is sad. Yeah, I mean, like, at the end of the day, they work as a team, right? And so even though they might individually be great, they have to fill the holes where the other people aren't talented, right? Like they, like we talked about Melissa Villasenor and how she's like, super awesome at impressions but like she's also underutilized because there are a bunch of other people that are very awesome at impressions and so um yeah I think it will depend on like the chemistry and like the skill set of like the next iteration of cast and like I wouldn't fault him for wanting to leave um but I would like to see him stay yeah I'm really glad you brought up Melissa by the way because I actually was shocked she wasn't leaving I was like if there is a good time to leave Melissa, it's now because she has voiced so many times on Twitter how frustrated she is with SNL and the process that I'm like, yeah, you should go if you don't want to be at this job. But then again, maybe she's quietly leaving and we don't know. I saw an article talking about how basically they were saying that some of the cast members that probably would have left under like the old SNL regime are staying on because they're having more flexibility so they can do what Cecily's doing and like be on cast but like be out for weeks at a time to like film her show and to work on other projects so I feel like some cast members might be thinking about it as like more of a part-time gig Mm. where they're there for like part of the season or like for fewer episodes um it's really a different model than we've seen in the past um especially because it's like such an intense job but I feel like the the people that we are going to know and the people that are going to get the most airtime are going to be those people who are consistently there every week. And so, um, yeah, we'll just have to see what happens with them. I think that's actually such a good observation. And the person who really shepherded that as like a successful model was A.D. Bryant with Shrill. I mean, Emmy nominated. And so yeah. sad that everyone's leaving. I'm sure Pete Davidson will be in all of the tabloids for the rest of our lives, honestly. And I am sad that Colin Jost did not announce he was leaving. That would have been a really, really good day for me. (laughs) Now we're wrapping up the episode and the season a bit. Heba, what's your ranking for this episode? Okay, so my rating for this episode is, I'm going to say 7.25. Sure. Jokes about Rachel Finster. Sure. I didn't want to give this episode less than a seven because I really did appreciate the heartfelt goodbyes from Kate and 80 and like Pete's attempt at a heartfelt goodbye. 
I also felt like most of the time we are um, actually rating the host, right? And I didn't feel like Natasha Leone did anything terribly badly. I just wasn't super into her style of comedy. What bolstered the episode for me was that it was the season finale. Um, and I think they did like okay. Like we were able to get our moments to say goodbye to like our beloved cast members. But the rest of the episode really fell flat for me. Like, if we didn't have those goodbye moments and it wasn't the season finale, like, I didn't really learn anything new. I, like, wasn't super entertained by the sketches. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, in a different world, I would have given it a lower rating. But I did appreciate those final moments. And I appreciated Natasha Leone as, like, the facilitator, like I think you called her earlier, um, and not taking up too much space in like an important time so i'll follow your lead i'm gonna give this one a 7.12 gray adult pigtails i'm with you i was not impressed with the sketches frankly i was not impressed with natasha leona as a host i really don't know if she'll ever come back to host if i'm being honest however I think you're right. The episode was completely held up by the goodbyes, even though, frankly, Pete's was more like a notes app apology. It was giving (laughs) celebrity statements. This episode kind of reminded me why I like SNL so much, why I'm so invested. Why do I like read every headline about it? Because Mm -hmm. you grow attached to some cast members in a very honest, like, endearing way and I think it will be sad next season when we open an 80s not there it'll be sad when like Kate McKinnon goes on the Today Show and talks about you know her her like time on SNL and I will say I'm willing to bet this was a really really fun after party I heard that Maya Rudolph's cover band played on the 30 Rock rink which is really exciting and I wish we were invited (laughs) but we were busy we were busy right um I think my last question for you, Hibba, of the four people who left, who do you think is going to be the first one to come back and host SNL? Oh, that's a good question. I would love for it to be Kate. Mm -hmm. I think it will more likely be whoever has, like, a more, like, recent successful project. I don't think Pete deserves to host, if I'm being 100% honest with you. Same. Um, But, yeah, it'd be really cool Kate or 80. I don't think we're ever going to hear about Kyle Mooney again. <laughs> Sounds like Hiva didn't watch his Netflix show. Yeah, like, Woo! yeah, I mean, I'm sure he, he'll he continue to do his, like, weird projects, but, like, if that man's not on SNL, I'm not trying to find him. Oh, my God, that's so funny. You know what I will say, though? I think Kyle Mooney would really thrive uh, with, like, a YouTube uh, talk show like Sean Evans and Hot Ones. I think Kyle Mooney would do a great job hosting Hot Ones. Kyle, I'm a producer. Call me. Anyway, I'm with you. What's tough is that Kate is someone who books. She has so many projects. Yeah. She was supposed to be Elizabeth Holmes in the dropout. Loki, thank God she wasn't. Yeah. But she books. So I think she has, to me, first place contention for coming back. I could see it as early as next season. Yeah. What's a little difficult, though, is that Pete also a lot of projects, very high profile. I think what would happen is Lorne would text Pete and Pete would say no, just because Pete doesn't want to work that hard, which honestly, I understand. You don't need to host SNL to get the press. And also, Pete's one of those people where like, 
you know how some hosts will come on because they're trying so hard to win the Oscar, trying so hard to win the Emmy? Pete's not going to try at all, and he is somehow going to win an Emmy by the time this, like, by the time next year's over. I can feel yeah. it already, you know? No, yeah, I think those are all good points. Anyway, I guess that's it for this season of Saturday Night Hive. It's been a very interesting season. A weirdly, like, kind of normal season, except for the Paul Rudd episode, which, lol, remember that. But... Heba, thank you so much for hanging out with me all these episodes. It's been really fun to talk about it and just to get all of our feelings out. I mean, Post Malone, Pete Davidson leaving, Oscar (laughs) Isaac. So much has happened and it's been really fun. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, I always appreciate this platform to come on and discover that I have very strong feelings about all of the SNL performances. I hope that it's been a fun ride um, for our listeners as well. Exactly. So we'll see you guys all later when the season picks up. And I can't wait to see Bowen, Ego, Andrew Dismukes, I guess, uh, <laughs> back on stage. And we'll be here. So, yeah. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye.